Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Isaiah Marco, and Jake Lubinsky is MIA for tonight's uh, preview episode. So, in the in case of emergency co-host, Phil Snow the Stats Guy is with me today. The Snowman, and remember, stats are cool. Absolutely. Uh, as you can tell, we have no intro this time because of obvious re- because um, because we don't have our soundboard. So we're just going on the fly here. Hey, bear with us tonight, okay? We 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 we've done some stuff, all right. So yeah. hopefully everything you like. Yeah, everything. it took us uh, it took us what like at least two hours to figure this. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, to the ones that um, <coughs> did not tune in to the Liberty Center Delta game, here's Spike Whitman for you, and this sums up the game. <laughs> So let me just tell you a hilarious story about that. So in case you missed it, Owen Box had a carry the other night against Delta. One carry for 37 yards. So a hilarious story ensues with this. So I'm turned around, and I'm on the scoreboard side of the end zone standing okay. down there. So I'm turned around, and I'm talking with my dad in Austin about something that was going on. And I turn, and all of a sudden I see Owen Box running full speed downhill. And I'm what is going on? Yeah. And then their poor quarterback thought he would try to make a tackle on Owen and just absolutely truck stick this dude, which is why you hear the guys uh, on LC Tiger Sports Live go that crazy because he truck sticks somebody like that. I mean, that was just, it really just, like you said, it kind of just summed up the night for both squads. Yeah, um, actually, um, it turns out I, I just, I found out um, because Box was, because we over uh, we overheard him. I was over uh, staying with Shane Hollenball and um, there was a deal or something, a bet that had went in place there. And um, so um, I overheard Owen Box, and it turns out the the guy that Owen ran over uh, apparently he had some beef. There was some beef going on between the two. <laughs> so uh, and Owen said that that uh, truck was was a little personal. So he put a little. <clears throat> he put a little it. extra uh, a little, second gear in it. He put a little extra will. juice behind that. <laughs> so all right. Um. We're gonna uh, jump into the uh, the games that uh, happened overnight. Now I'm gonna I got the playoff teams down, and Phil has the teams that are out that are their seasons over and, and done with now. Um, so I'm gonna start off here first. Um, Ant- the Antwerp Archers uh, finished their regular season undefeated, ten and zero, <coughs> coming off a game, uh, coming off a victory over Edgerton, thirty nine to nothing. I was per- I'm kind of shocked on that a little bit. But um, at the same time, personally, I think it kind of helps out Edgerton just a little bit, even though they may have dropped a little bit in the playoffs. But then that um, they might play a team that uh, that is um, not as good as the other ones that they played, and it gives them kind of a, an advantage a little bit to play a little bit more teams, a few more easier teams slightly, because um, obviously we're going to get into those games um, because we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, and you know you got to think too. It might be like a slight, slight wake up call for him as well. You know, to say, hey, you know, we, these are some of the good teams that we played, or we're not competing well. So, you know, a, a good call for him, maybe a wake up call to to get them in the 
in the mix of things to start the playoffs here. Yep. All right, Phil, what do you got for us? Uh, uh, we had Wayne. Uh, well, they're actually a playoff team, and so was Zaresville and Fairview. So yeah, I mean, what about Hicksville? Uh, Hicksville played Defiance County Schools and uh, got annihilated. So uh, okay, that's pretty much the gist of that one. Okay. Um, isn't there one? There's one. Paulding. Paulding. Yeah, Paulding. Wayne Trace, but Wayne Trace is a playoff team. Yep. So Wayne Trace is going to be in the playoffs, and that was a twenty-four to nothing win by Wayne Trace, which. You know, I I expected maybe a little bit of a higher score, but you know, I think Wayne Trace kicking the field goal at that towards the end of the game there, I think maybe yeah. working on some things, kind of like we did against Delta with yep. with the field goal, and Ian did a really nice job be able to boot that one through. So yeah, um, personally, even though we're not going not into play, into the playoff talk just yet of this episode, um, just uh, just a little topic to brew uh, while we talk of the going over the week ten games. Do you? Th- I personally think Wayne Trace could be possibly a very sleepy playoff team that not a lot of people could see advancing to the second or third round. I personally can see that. Um, well, we've talked about it all year. You know, Wayne Trace has kind of been that up and down team a little bit. They've been that team that's played teams tough, uh, and then maybe some of the games that they we thought would they would win. You know, kind of you know a little bit lackadaisic. Mm-hmm. Uh, going up against, uh, I think that was a team that we were talking about earlier, going against the Crestview team. Yep. So, yes, um, a, different, so a different Crestview team. Yeah, so, yes. Ashland Crestview. Um, so, you know, a lot of good chances there where Crestview probably hasn't seen a lot of the things that Wayne Trace likes to do. Uh, so, you know, you got to think you got to think that Wayne Trace might pull some things out that we haven't seen. You know, we've talked about Liberty being, uh, you know, having some stuff in the bag that we probably haven't shown yet either. And I imagine Wayne Trace probably the same way. So Okay. All right. Um, Arizona coming off a win against uh, Fairview, beating their. I, they say that Fairview and Arizona have been a rivalry for a while, but I really don't. I hadn't really seen it really much because the times that they claimed to be a rivalry, um, it, 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 it was it was it was a lopsided it was lopsided either one one of the two sides, but it's going to be it's going to be a lopsided game. Um, so Fairview finished the season zero and ten. So I think that's what three teams that we have in our. Coverage that finished 0-10 this year because Mommy, it would be Mommy, Lima Bath, and Fairview, I believe. Correct. So, props to them. That's a new record. That's a new record. The 0-10, the 0-10 squad. Yes. Um, Edgerton, obviously we already went over over Edgerton, losing to Antwerp, 39-0. They dropped down to the, to the 11th seed, and um, I personally think uh, when we get to talking about these, about these playoff games, um, playoffs, playoffs. I personally think this this one will go into Edgerton's f- uh, favor easily. Um, number fifteen. Uh, now the number fifteen seeded Wayne Trace Raiders. The Raiders beating Paulding twenty four nothing. Um, so props to Wayne Trace. Uh, finish out uh, giving a little morale victory, even though it's Paulding. Hey, you know what? You, you got to win those games. You know what I. I we we can say it's polling this, it's polling that. We we can sit here and say that all we want. The bottom line is Wayne Trace had to go in there and win that football game. Yep. Okay. You can go in there with a little bit of a higher head and say, hey, you know, we're gonna walk over this team, we're gonna get to the playoffs, and wound up getting beat. I.e., I'm a very prime example of that I think with probably Archibald Patrick Henry. You know, yes. I think Archibald probably overlooked Patrick Henry a little bit, and I'm not taking anything away from PH, but we'll get to that later. Yes, absolutely. Um, we're on to the NLL now. The um, NLL. The very, uh, very interesting league standings. Man, this we've talked about this so much this year about how yeah. interesting this conference has been. Yeah. Literally all season with the with the top being very top heavy and the bottom being very 
Satan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, number tw- number <coughs> four, back. number four, where uh, all the rankings, all the numbers I'm saying here uh, is their seed. So uh, state rankings are out the window now. Uh, we're just bank. We're just using seeds now for the playoffs. That'll go so. for me too. So anytime you hear us say a ranking, uh, we're specifically talking about the division region ranking for playoff numbers. Which, by the way, if you go to joeidle.com, you can check all this stuff out. It's a great website. Uh, obviously, listen to us first, but go check out Joe Idle. Yeah. Uh, there's great stuff there if you ever want to look into some of the a little bit of more of the particulars of what we're talking about. Absolutely. Um, AW coming off a win against Springfield. Uncle Spanky came to town 55-3 to over Yikes. the Devils Yikes. of Springfield. So I think we expected that, but I don't think we predicted a game. One of two uh, NL teams to score fifty points on Friday night. Really? really? Well, you mommy and uh, oh, the yeah, Milkers, fifty-one twenty-one. Yeah, Melissa definitely did not. Uh, <laughs> Melissa packed home. it in for ten straight weeks. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> stayed home. She decided to stay home and just get gear up for basketball season. Um, Probably not the worst idea. Yeah. Uh, uh, number four, Perrysburg. Obviously, we just talked about that. Winning 51-21 to 21 over the Milkers of Maumee. Uh, no, number 16, Napoleon squeaking into the playoffs on the... On with, the a, edge. with a dashing 4-6 and six record. 4-6. I 4-6. and six. Are they 3-3 three and three in the league? Uh, I think they are. Hold on. Let me see my standings here. Let's see here. Let's... Oh, man. This is what happens when you have. They had wins against BG, Maumee, Springfield. They are four and three in league play, so they finish no matter what. Even with a loss, they finish fourth in the NLL. Oh my gosh! So (laughs) yeah, yeah. So congratulations, Napoleon. You're playing Ted Ginn's. uh, You're playing Ted Ginn's father. Good luck. You're going to need it. Cleveland, Glenville. Glenville. And I believe they have four to five Ohio State D1 commitments. So um, it'll be a it's a two hour and forty six minute or two hour and seventeen minute bus ride. I believe there. So yep. And just knowing you're going to get your butts kicked, it's not, be a long bus ride. How how it will be unbelievable if Napoleon somehow beats them. Hey, anything can happen on any given Friday, Isaiah. That's true. That's very unlikely. true. But it's definitely it's doubtful unless you unless you really believe that Napoleon could pull off the upset. Well, and it's crazy that we're talking about there being four NLL teams that made it to the playoffs with how shaky their league has been this year. Yes, so absolutely. it's kinda crazy when you look at that in that aspect. Indeed. Um <clears throat> all right, so like I said though, I'm just going over the teams that have made the playoffs. So um we didn't write down the ones that are done for the season because this is the playoff preview and we don't review teams that are done. At this point, we'll game. give you their scores, but we're not. We'll give them the scores, but we, but we won't talk about them. Um, the last team to make the um, the playoffs the, on, of the NLL, the rivalry, the rivalry of Sylvania Southview versus Northview. Southview comes on top, thirty three sixteen over their arch rival of the North. Um, Southview will be entering this uh, entering the playoff run eight and two as the number eleven seed. And they're playing Avon Lake. So and I looked at I looked at their uh, Avon schedule. Very competitive. Uh, a lot of close games. Not, not some teams that they beat in were average. Were average five and five, about a tad bit over five hundred. But they were all close games. So um, it's going to be very interesting going into this game. Um, 
I think Southie's going to have to play Southie, their best. Southie's going to have to play their best ball game. Yes, if they want to be able to win this game. Yeah, and they will just have to do what they just have to keep that offense going, like they were doing all well, majority of the majority of the season. We don't count the first two inner city schools, but still, it's a stat that it, that can't go unnoticed. Um, on to the WBL, a very competitive WBL team. Uh, teams, a lot of them made it, which is I give them props because what. Is it a ten? It's a ten-team league, and you only get one off league. So you, so you gotta choose wisely on who your off league team is. There, so, so uh, in Division Three, Region Twelve, we have number twelve Salina against at, traveling over to number five Bellbrook, who's eight and two. Um, uh, Salina is coming off a loss against St. Mary's, uh, 28-21 in a very close game. Uh, which I is, think we expected that though. We, yes, we had think, all kind of talked about how how well Salina's been playing this year. Yeah, we, we expected a close. Yeah, game. and I, I I was the only one that picked <clears throat> Salina to win that game, but I believe I predicted a low scoring, uh, a very competitive WBL uh, score like the like the other ones that we've seen uh, throughout the year. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I just uh, said one of the teams that they're the team that they're playing. They're playing number five, uh, Bellbrook, uh, eight and two. Uh, we'll get into those uh, into those guys uh, once we uh, get through these games. Uh, well, the previous games from Week Ten um, in Division Three, Region Ten, we got number thirteen Defiance losing to Wapakoneta fifteen to nothing. Yeah, this was an interesting what? score. I, very, I, I thought that was an interesting score. score. I think Wapa maybe went for two to uh, try to maybe try a few things. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe uh, a penalty on the special teams maybe got him that. I wasn't really sure how that happened, but mm-hmm. nevertheless. Uh, you know, I don't think Defiance had been held scoreless all year. Yeah. Uh, so I think a really nice job there by Wapa's defense to be able to shut them down and hold yeah. them scoreless. Well, here's the thing: even though Defiance was held scoreless, you gotta think the Wapa has been on fire all season long and it has been obliterating the scoreboard. Yeah, to so only give up 15 points. So for Defiance Wapaw, to say that they give up only 15 points to Wapa, um, that's a other than Marion Local. Marion Local only gave up seven points to Wapa Canetta. Um, I give Defiance props. I think uh, uh, defensively they might they they're more battle tested, a bit more battle tested because they've dealt with two juggernaut often and Van Wert and Wapakoneta. And so, Salina and St. Mary's are no slouches either. So yep, and so and Salina lot I believe Defiance beats Salina, correct? So I think Defiance uh, might be in good shape for right now, but we'll just see um, how the playoffs rule uh, plays a role in this because. Um, not a lot of team, not a lot of people. Like if Jake was here, we call him the Gibsonburg playoffs. The first two rounds because literally it's it's a participation trophy at this point well, right now. For some of those teams, for some, some of those teams, teams are tough games. Yes. Um, <clears throat> we got number seven St. Mary's. We already said they already came over a win over Salina, twenty-eight twenty-one. They are the no- number seven seat in Division Four, Region Fourteen. Now I tell you. D4, Region 14, this is a very stacked bracket. Very tough region. It is region. very tough bracket. Um, so, with that being said, uh, the number six seed, yes, number six, Van Wert. Yeah, that tells you how, that's how, tells tells you you how, how tough, tough that this is. division is. Because Van Wert only has lost one one game, and that was to Walpaw Canet on a blocked punt. Ever since, if they would have stayed undefeated, I would kid you, I will... Not doubt they're in the top four right now. Probably, if not number one. Yeah. So with that, so that that yeah, and another team in the same region, 
number 11, Wassey on. Six and four. Yes. Uh, coming off a loss to the Bryant Golden Bears. Yeah, 21 to seven. Good job defensively there by Bryant. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't think a lot of people expect. I don't, I think a lot, I think we all, all of us except maybe me, I think, said that um, Brian I'm not sure. I was not. I, I know I picked I Brian. Jake, Jake, uh, Jake picked. Pick Brian. I I believe I picked Brian too. I don't I don't remember, uh, but I do know we thought uh, Wasion's offense might be able to run over, run all over. Yeah, Wasion um, just could not Brian. get the ball going. So, well, so. so yeah, uh, not not so importantly, uh, Kenton at OG OG got the win thirty eight nineteen, and uh, for my boy Riley out there, Shawnee coming through. Uh, with a big 14 to 10 win on the road at Alida, Alida, Alida finishes the season with six losses, losses in a row. row. Yeah, that's uh, that's tough. Yeah, that, that is tough. They started off the season four and one, looking like a very a potential contender in the playoffs. Lost five straight games. and lost and the WBL. Lost five straight after going and four lost, and one. Lost six in a row yes. over and all to go four and six to finish out the year. So. Shawnee also finishing out the year four and six. OG finishing out the year two and eight, and Kenton finishing out the year one and nine. Yep, and Lima Bath. Oh yeah, Lima Bath. Lima Bath. But uh, I did say I did say Shawnee was going to win. I called that. I said twenty three twenty. Shawnee. So Shawnee beat Elida. So I think I, did I pick Shawnee? I don't. I don't think I did. No, you picked Elida. Me and Riley were the only ones that picked Shawnee. I give you props. I give you props. Uh, and then also. Uh, you know, you were talking about the playoff teams. Uh, you know, we're covering Coldwater now. Coldwater uh, took the loss at home to Marion Local. I didn't get the score on that. I think uh, it was like you thirty-five really? to seven, forty-two th- to seven. It was pretty I bad. So that, I think I put um, that. I, uh, I want to. Coldwater's an interesting story. I have a lot, lot to talk about with uh, about you with Coldwater when we mm-hmm. get into that section. So, yep. but I just wanted to let you guys know. Like we said, we cover Coldwater now. They took the loss at home to Marion Local. I'll get you that score in just a moment. Yep. Um. Uh, Wapak Canada, obviously, we already said that um, being in defiance, fifteen to nothing, which is uh, I, even with even winning fifteen nothing, I still think it's a good thing that Wapak won um, because I did not because uh, Jake and I called at the beginning of the season that Wapak was going to win the league, and uh, we we were right. <laughs> so we were thirty five zero. Thirty five zero. Thank Marion you. Marion local over. Um. So thing is though. Um, Excuse me, but uh, Wapaw at the beginning of the season, we Jake and I were very confident uh, Wapaw would run, would run with it, and they and they did exactly what we predicted because we because this I think in the preseason before everything started, um, I think the script was already written that. Um, well, I think when they got past Van Wert too, it was pretty much you know yeah. they just had to take I'm, care of business during the preseason. Though I think the I think <coughs> a lot of people thought the script was written already that Van Wert was going to win the league again, and uh, Jake and I uh, decided you know what let's let's we're going to throw a curveball out there. We're gonna we're, we got Wapaw winning this one this year. We got Wapaw's going to win it this year, and <laughs> with limited WBL knowledge. We were right. So we were actually, Jake and I were three out of four conference champions, correct, we guessed correctly. Uh, so batting, what is that? What would, what would that be, batting? 75%? 750. Right. So, all right, then. Uh, we're on to the greatest conference in all the state of Ohio, the NWAL. Um, the Big Ten. Yes. One, two. 
Uh, um, Number eight, Archibald losing to Patrick Henry. On the road. On the road. Yes, and did any, do you have... So 20 to 14. So here's the story here with this. Uh, Patrick Henry had the ball with just over a minute left. Archibald was able to get a stop and get the ball at their own 25-yard line with 58 seconds to go. Archibald was able to march down to the 27-yard line, uh, but was unable to get into the end zone. Uh, Patrick Henry was able to come up with the stop on that. You know, when you talk about teams, you know, when you talk about teams that you don't want to see, that you might not really want to play, right now, in my opinion, I think Patrick Henry is just one of those teams. I would not want to play them. You know, they played against... You know, I, I tend to think this game, to me, in my opinion, says more about Liberty Center than what it does about Patrick Henry and Archibald. Do I think Patrick Henry's been playing good football over their last three games? I absolutely 100% believe that. But look what they did against Liberty Center. Yeah. Nothing. You know, 43-6. to six. You, know what I mean? you know what I mean? You can't, you can't script that. So when you're looking at these teams and Patrick Henry and Brian, you know, battling down to the last possession, Patrick Henry has a chance to win it at the end. You're looking at Washington and Patrick Henry, Patrick, or I'm sorry, Washington and uh, um, Brian uh, Archibald. Archibald, yep. yep. Twenty to twelve. Archibald has to drive down the field and score. You know, a lot of these league games are close. And then you look, but at, then you look at how they play against us, and it's just so. So I think then, and that's what I mean by I think it shows more credit to the Tigers uh, because of what they have just been able to do. Uh, and then you look at these other scores around the league and you're like, man, it's close, it's close, it's close. And then you see them against us and it's just like, what? Which team took the field? No, it it was the same team. It was just neutralized and, and shut down. And, yeah. I, and I really believe that. Absolutely, I agree with you. Um, the Brian Golden Bears... Uh, we already the Bears, which did you call this? Did you say that Brian was going to win? Because I, I think are you I sure did. you picked Wasion? I don't know. I don't remember. I felt like I the think Golden, you might have picked the Golden Bears. I truly think I picked the Golden Bears. The Bears. 21 to 7. I completely neutralized Wasion's offense. Wasion's game plan coming into this was to get the Smith kid involved. Mm-hmm. Completely shut out. This is like what the third, the second or third time he's been shut out. Yeah. Yep. Because they tried to force it against Liberty and they failed miserably. Three for thirty-three. And failed miserably. Um, obviously, Brian did it, and did Archibald do it? Because I'm not, I'm not for sure. Because I know that game was close. So yeah, I don't know the story. I'm not one hundred percent sure if they. Uh, I don't. Not one hundred percent sure for that. Um. Obviously, we were talking about Patrick Henry uh, winning. Oh, speaking of Patrick Henry, uh, Chase, we may uh, talk to our boy Chase Gilson. Uh, he's going to be on the game day panel as long as Patrick Henry is in the playoffs. He will be on the game day panel with us for the remainder of the season of of the playoff trail. So I we look forward to working with Mr. Gilson, uh, and hopefully um, PH makes the league look uh, look good like every like every year. Um, mo- even though most people won't don't won't say it or admit it, almost every school in our league probably support each other, other than Brian and Archibald. I really believe Wasteon, that too. We Wasteon talked about this. And, I would be going to a Patrick Henry Saturday game if that's yeah. the way it went. Even, about, even so. though I'm not the biggest fan of Patrick Henry, well, I debated but, on checking uh, about going to Van Wert. 
and seeing Wilson well, play. Hey, yeah. Yeah, why not check out Van Wert play in person? You know. Yeah, like, they have a. I think they have a great facility, great stadium. I believe their stadium is considered a historical, uh, a historical monument, uh, uh, a historical place or location. I believe because it, because the stadium is so old. Um, but yeah, like I said though, I mean, even though I'm not the biggest fan of Patrick Henry, and obviously you can but tell you, I'm saying Patrick Henry time, and though. not and not saying Hamler. Um, obviously, that tells you that um, basically any team in our league in the NWL, I want the, I would love to see them go to the regional title. Hey, look, I, we have I, six NWL teams in the playoffs this year. Yes, um, I mean, like I support all the NWL teams, so I look forward. I'm hoping that all the um, uh, all the NWL teams do well, even even Patrick Henry, even <laughs> even though I'm not a big fan of them, but they're still part of our league. And before we get to uh, LC Delta, uh, oh man, I was going, I was, I got, I got, okay, I got okay. And now we're on to the defending, unanimous, <laughs> undefeated, number one Liberty Center NWOAL champions for the first time that's not tied since 2011. Um, that, that's history, right? There. That's that's new history, the right fourth- there. Fourth Liberty Center football team in program history to go undefeated ten and zero and win the league title. Two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand eleven, and two thousand twenty two. Yes, sir. And add, add that to the banners. So um, Liberty coming off a win, fifty one to fourteen. I'm gonna admit um, the um, Delta's opening drive. Uh, it got me worried a little, just a little bit. <clears throat> it got me worried, you know. And a lot, and my friends were like, "Oh, Markle, this is bringing back 2018 vibes." And those who do not get the get that joke, uh, back in 2018, um, my senior year, we came into Patrick Henry undefeated and we lost, uh, real tied. So, um, yeah. So, Phil, what do you got for us? What do you got to say? Well, I just wanted to point out that. You know, I, I I was not worried at all. I thought I thought Delta would come out high energy, and they they did. They came out with some high energy. They were aggressive with their running game. Uh, they stuck to what was working, and it was kind of strange because y- you really just didn't see them do that after mm-hmm. the first drive. You know, they kind of went away from it, trying to run swing passes, passes which no, no, it, it's just one, not successful. Fake that they had uh, that one fake that had I think it was on the second or third series of their drop of uh, on offense. Um, that it wasn't a. They had a really good fake, a really good fake. Uh, they do some really nice stuff in the backfield. I, yeah, I really think that they they do some really nice ball handling stuff. They're good with their fakes. I, I thought that was really good stuff by by Delta. Yeah, even though the score doesn't say it, but Delta did have some hocus pocus, and they were really some, nice with their ball handling in the backfield. Yeah, it's just that um they just got overwhelmed by the depth of Liberty Center and the physicality because you like. Right at the opening gate, it looked like that Delta was going to match up with Liberty, like the first team to match up with Liberty this season, other than Otsego and uh, Archibald, but um, that didn't happen, and uh, Delta just folded. So so with that being said, we're going to go on to the playoff, to our playoff previews, but before that... Phil's got something for us. What do you got, Phil? Yeah, I just wanted to give you a little bit of the lowdown. I'll give you all the full stats. Um, on our game day like normal. Uh, but I just wanted to say that we gave up 106 yards rushing against Delta. 
We gave up 17 yards passing against Ola, which is a whopping total of 124 total yards uh, over the course of the game. So, and when you're talking about it, most of that coming on the first drive. However, I, you know, I think we, I think we need to say in that first drive, um, we were they were aided by penalties. Uh, we had a mm-hmm. chop block, or uh, I'm sorry, not a chop block, but we had a, uh, a face, face mask, mask call. And then we had another personal foul call, which aided them both on third down, yep. uh, which would have stopped the drive. So uh, let, let's put that into a factor, too. So that's why I want to say give Dalton credit there. They capitalized on some mistakes. And, and, you know, Liberty Center just really hasn't been a, bit, a penalized team all year. And we didn't see that after the first drive. So yep. uh, so give credit to Dalton for capitalizing. Give credit to our coaching staff for adjusting on that. Uh, and then for Liberty Center, 326 yards rushing. Uh, including seven touchdowns on the ground. Uh, and then you add seven of 12 in the air from Zane Zider, 122 yards. Uh, you know, we talked about Zane being efficient with his passing, seven of 12 good numbers there, uh, including five first downs on those seven completions. Uh, one which uh, I thought was one of the best designed plays that Liberty has had all year. You know, Matt kind of started in the backfield uh, and snuck out and did kind of a nice little wheel route. And with his, uh, you know, he's not super fast, uh, but, you know, he with his route running ability and his knowledge uh, was able to get wide open on that wheel route. Zane, beautiful pass. Uh, you know, Matt, you know Matt's going to get some extra yards and mm-hmm. break some tackles down there. He's hard hey, to just, bring down in the one-on-one. Say, I, so. just, um, just out of curiosity, um, with that, when I saw that, when I watched that play develop, it kind of gave off a Patrick, an old Bill Inselman, and uh, his heavy formation, and uh, one of the guys sneaking off on a wheel route, and he's, it was, and it worked against every team they played against, even Marion Local, it worked every single time. Yeah, and yeah. so I think Coach Muller probably took one out, a page out of Inselman's playbook. Which I don't blame him. Inselman's a pretty is a is an offensive genius when he has the talent to work with. Yeah, I just thought that was a really nice design play. You know, and when you and when you typically think, you know, you typically say, hey, you know, Matt's not our typical pass catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, it, plenty of capability to make a big reception. Oh, yeah, Obviously, we've yeah. seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, but not you know not typically the guy that gets a lot of those deeper passes. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't think. He was a guy that was really being keyed on, and I think uh, Casey did a nice job of recognizing that and saying, hey, you know, let's see if we can get Matt open on one. Yeah. Zane with a beautiful touch pass. Uh, you know, some of those times you can overthrow those guys. Oh, yeah. uh, we seen it in the NFL last Thursday with Justin Fields overthrowing yep. a wide-open guy. So, you know, sometimes you get open guys, you get a little bit antsy. Uh, Zane did a beautiful job of just laying it in there, and then, you know, Matt Orr uh, capitalized it. Uh, he finishes the year over a thousand yards. He had nine for seventy-eight. Colton Cruz nine for seventy-eight and a touchdown. Matt with two touchdowns, and then Zane six for seventy-two with two touchdowns. Yep. So uh, oh, even great. across the board, uh, just all around spreading it oh. around, keeping guys healthy. And then first and foremost, Owen Box yes, <laughs> with sir. one carry for thirty-seven yards. So uh, tally that up to thirty-seven yards the, per carry. So, so that's the most uh, av- they, <laughs> So he's averaging. Uh, I'm sure least. there's probably a minimum carry attempt, but we got to throw that in there. That yeah. was just that was just really fun to watch, and you know, yes. I, I think that was I, I think that was really really cool and really neat. You know, I asked Seth what why he didn't get to carry the ball last night, and he just he kind of just laughed, you know, and it, it was just fun, and I, I think it was yeah. a good moment for the guys, especially. Yeah. Working as hard as what they have all season, oh, yeah. and you know when you think about the anchor, you think of you know you think of Landon, and you think of Seth, and you think of Owen. So that was just it was just really nice to see. Yeah, um, yeah, this is going to be a very interesting. Um, 
with all the blowouts that Liberty had this year, our guys are rested and ready to roll in the playoffs. Now, given recent history of NWOL teams, uh, we beat each other up all the freaking time. And by the time we make playoffs, everyone's just worn down. They lost their sharpness, and they're just dull. But um, give props to the coaching staff, like we always say, um, that the coaches decided not to pad stats and rest the guys and be ready for next week. And uh, going into this week, it's going to be uh, – we actually uh, – obviously, we always save Liberty Center for the, for the end because – Phil and I, we we did our we did our homework on this one, and this is actually the first time, probably this year, I actually did uh, looked at actually legitimate film of the opposing team because well, it's playoffs, and playoffs are a lot more important than regular season games. Changed my mind. So, all right. So, with that being said, we're gonna dive right into the playoff matchups. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. <laughs> <laughs> That's the famous Jim Mora, in case you were unaware. <laughs> and also, we're not using the we don't have the soundboard with us either, so we're using our phone. Just straight the, improvise it in yeah, here, baby. Yeah, so we we had some call some pretty good audibles here. So all right, <laughs> I like this, I like that using the football terminology with it too. <laughs> yes. So um, content. So we're going to jump into the playoff matchups now. D1 Region 2, the only D1 school we have in our arsenal. Uh, number 4, Perrysburg hosting. This is a rematch at the beginning of the season. The 5-5 five and five Finley Trojans, number 13, the number 13 seed. Um, this is going to be a very interesting game uh, between these two because um, at the beginning of the season, uh, Perrysburg uh, struggled to, be, uh, to find uh, an offense and then um, after that, after those game, after the first three games, um, they started clicking again. Uh, so the last time these two teams uh, ran into each other, uh, Perrysburg came on top, forty-nine to twenty-one. Um, so it's going to be it's, this is going to be very this is going to be an interesting game, Phil. Um, because like the like the saying goes, it's hard to beat the same team twice. Now Finley, on the other hand. Um, offensively has been a bit, has not been lackluster, but, um, their win, but their losses have came to nine and one, their losses have came to nine and one Anthony Wayne, nine and one Perrysburg, nine and one, uh, Central Catholic losing 50 to 17. Um, Ugh. yeah. Um, losing to Whitmer, uh, who's seven and three, 38, 14, um, they beat Fremont Ross fifty to forty eight in a barn burner. Uh, they beat Saint Francis, uh, which is not very not saying much. They beat Clay. They lost to Saint John's Jesuit eighteen to ten, and then to finish off the regular season, uh, they beat Lima Senior thirty two nothing. So, um, offensively looking at both of these scores between the two teams. Um, I think Perrysburg might just do what they always been doing all season long. After week, uh, um, after week two, uh, the offense is just going to be uh, chucking ahead. So I mean, I don't have much hope, and I don't think Finley might Finley might pull an upset. I we don't know, but I don't see that happening though. What do you got, Phil? I just haven't seen enough. I just haven't seen enough consistency from Finley this year. You know, we talked about it. 
uh, you know, we expected uh, a better Finley team. Honestly, I thought I thought five and five is very subpar for what their expect expectations were this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perrysburg has just been playing out of their mind. The offense has been rolling. Uh, Connor Walzak has just been playing unbelievable the second half of the year at the running back spot, and they've found different ways to use him also. So uh, he's just a weapon that's very very hard to defend. Uh, you know, in a division like Division One, Region Two, you have to expect you're going to be playing against a lot of talent, a lot of size, and a lot of speed. Uh, so I think this is a good test for Perrysburg to start. You know, Finley has really good size. Uh, we've seen them play earlier in the year. Perrysburg kind of playing a little bit more of a down schedule, playing in the NL and the NLL, excuse me. So I think this is a good test for them to kind of get back to that Division One size mm-hmm. uh, to get them prepped out for the rest of the playoffs. I think Perrysburg uh, should should be able to handle Finley with, with a pretty good ease here. Okay, all right. Um, we are on to Division Two, Region 6. Uh, we got two teams here. Uh, we got number four, AW, 9-1, hosting uh, North Bridgeville, who's 5-5. Five and five. Um this team, uh, not, I'm not very impressed with um, Ridge to uh, Ridgeville here. Um, their losses have came to eight and two. Uh, Olmsted Falls, forty two to ten. Lost to Avon, uh, Avon Eagles, who's a D, who's, good. who's also in the same division and region as these two teams. Um, losing to them, sixty three to seven. Phil, sixty three to seven. Um, Somebody forgot to play defense. Yeah. Uh, then they go on to lose the Elira Pioneers, uh, losing to them forty to the six. And Elira's record five, five and five. Yeah, five and five. It's then they uh, what? <laughs> yeah, they lost to a five and five team forty to the six. Wow, that's crazy. And then they lost to they beat Midview, who's two and eight, twenty four to seven. Lost to Bria Mid Park, who's also a five and five team. Lost thirty five twenty one, and lost to Avon Lake forty one seventeen. So going into this game, I don't think uh, um, just tr- not stacked the, up enough, the, man. AW is tough. Yeah, I don't think AW AW's defense is way too good. Um, I think AW will simply easily run away with this game early on if if, if they play mistake free football. I think Anthony Way is going to force a couple turnovers as well. They've they've been forcing turnovers over the last couple of games. I know they had two interceptions in the last game, uh, so I, I know they've done a nice job of forcing the ball out of the offense's hand and getting it to their offense, which is where they want it. This is where that's where they want to be. They want to be on offense. So uh, I think Anthony Wayne uh, just just too good, too athletic. Agreed. Um, now we got some number eleven Southview eight and two traveling to Avon Lake. This um, is an interesting contest. This, this is going to be very interesting. Um, I believe I had no. I think I believe I wrote down a note for that for them. Let me check here. Let's see here. That's an this doesn't tell you how tough this re- this division is. You know, you look at the drop off here. You see, yeah. you know, Southview at a, at the 11 seed at eight and two, and then you just talked about North Ridgeville at the 13 at five and five. Isaiah, so uh, you know that tells you how how tough. You know, Anthony Wayne is the four at nine and one. Avon Lake is the six at eight and two. So, you know, you're talking teams that are six through 11 that are eight and two or better. Mm-hmm. 
that did that did get ahead of those. So yeah, very very tough division. Absolutely. Um. So I I was wrong. That's for a diff- That's for Salina. Um. No chance. So South so Southfield's going to be playing Avon. Will be traveling to Avon Lake, who's eight and two. Um. Their losses have came on came on, uh, came from. Avon themselves nine and one lost 42 21 and their other loss uh Olmstead Falls again 56 31 everything else they have won uh 38 35 38 35 56 55 uh their closest game there I'm starting to see a pa- uh, a consistency here that uh Elira uh has all their games against good team very very tough teams have been closed and came down to the final to the final drive, so um, I feel like and they're all there and I'm looking at them right now, um, and they made playoffs on a five and five team and they're D one region one, so that's a so um, sounds like that this Elira team this even though we don't cover them um, seems to be a very a bit a team to being your thorn in your side. Uh, throughout the whole entire game, where you should just run them over, but hey, that's why you—that's why you don't that's play why the you game. Play them. That's why you don't play the game on paper. Um, but I think Southview going in this game, if they can uh, keep their offense at a consistent basis and not struggle, they could win this game. But also um, playing a very tough Avon Lake team that seems to have a pretty tough conference with specific teams. Um, I think uh, I I truly I think Southview could pull it out, but they had to play picture perfect football. And I know Phil's shaking his head here, disagreeing with what I'm saying here. I don't think they have a chance here. I think Avon Lake comes through and rolls. We'll see, we'll play a game. Let's find out. But like I, okay, for a second there, I thought they, I thought their coach said Steve Harvey, but it says Steve Hardy. Yeah. So go me. All right. Uh, we go on to Division Three, Region Ten, six and four. Number thirteen, Defiance is traveling over to number four, eight and two, Cloverleaf. Um, this is going to be an interesting game, also because uh, Cloverleaf here. I believe I might have a note for them. Maybe let me check here. Um, it's two hours and thirty-seven minutes. Thank you, Phil. Uh, no, I do not have. Uh, so Cloverleaf, uh, they're eight and two. They're only their two losses have came to Buckeye 29-28 and lost to Norton 35-14. Um, the, the, I mean like their schedule, Cloverleaf's schedule is not doesn't really impress me that much. I'm gonna let Phil look at this one here. Um, while I say that, while I'm talking about this. Um, Defiance uh, playing a very in a very tough WBL conference. Um, I personally think that Defiance is battle tested here and might might shock a few people, but I'm not for sure how Cloverleaf is, and we'll find out if Defiance can pull pull through uh, through Co- uh, Cooper's offense and, uh, and his coaching style. Um, Phil, you got anything to say here? <clears throat> yeah, I'm not really too familiar with this team, but uh, um, looking at the teams that they play, Division Three, Division Five, Division Six. Division four, 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 three, four, four, three. So uh, they play a lot of division three, four, and five teams. Um, you know, Defiance does the same thing. So I think when you're looking at it, I think the schedules kind of pretty much match each other. 
Uh, yeah, this could go either way. I think this would pretty, be a pretty pretty interesting contest. Hopefully Defiance is able to not be lackadaisic because of the long bus ride and, you know, is able to execute. Agreed. Uh, we're on to now Division Three, Region 12. Number four, Wapakoneta, uh, um, hosting number 13, Williamington. Um, I write, and my only note I have written down for this game, rip. Yep. Literally rip. So that kind of tells you on how this game is going to go. Yeah. Well, think, how should it go? I think Wapakoneta is going to win here just fine. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. No, nothing got to worry about that. Nothing really got to worry. Um, so with that being said, uh, we go on to the next one that's in the same division with Wapa. Um, number twelve, Salina, six and four, traveling to number five, eight and two, Bellbrook. Um, and I, my note here, I wrote down, not impressed on uh, Bellbrook's on Bellbrook's um, schedule here, just based on schedule difficulty and based on they who have they played so far. Um, I think Salina is more battle tested and um, ready to roll. Uh, because they played in a very competitive WBL team, uh, my bad team, conference. And, um, well, looking at Bellbrook's schedule, I wasn't really impressed on the teams they've beaten. And um, I personally think that this team might be an, uh, might be overrated a little bit. What do you got to say, Phil? Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I think it's the, you know, they're a pretty low-scoring team by the looks of it. Uh, don't really score typically a lot of points. Uh, so maybe a defensive team. Uh, the only team they scored a lot of points again. They're one and nine, and three and seven teams. Um, outside of that, you know, not too many points have been scored. Uh, they've beaten some pretty solid six and four teams. Uh, you know, you, you know when we're talking about Defiance, I, I I think they just play in a really tough schedule. So, or excuse me, Salina, I think they play in a really tough division and they play a tough schedule. So. This could be an interesting game. Uh, it would not surprise me if Salina is able to go on the road here and win this game, but uh, you know it's going to be tough, and Salina is going to have to play mistake-free football. Agreed. Okay, now we're on to Division Four, Region Fourteen. <laughs> Number sixteen seed, four and six Napoleon. Division Four, Region Twelve. Thank you. Wait, no, fourteen. The points, Region Fourteen. Oh my bad, I have it written down wrong. You're good. What a schmuck. Uh, numbers, the number 16 seed, Napoleon Wildcats, 4 and 6, traveling over to number 1 Glenvale, 9 and 0. Yes, I, you heard that right. 9 and 0. They actually had to cancel. The game was canceled. Yep. Um, the, uh, um, good night, Napoleon. Yeah, good night, Napoleon. You're, you don't stand a chance. You're just going to travel over there and get to see uh, where Ted Ginn Jr. Uh, got to play football when he was in high school. And uh, his father is the coach there. And so that's all you're going to get. That'll be a fun experience. Fun. It's going to be, yeah. Good luck, Napoleon. You're going to need it. The, it there's going to be body bags. Yeah, there. there's really not much to cover there. I mean, it's just, yeah, the just really, really good. Yeah, that's a powerhouse over there. There's nothing there. All right, uh, we got the number 13 seed in the same region here. The 6 and 4, Brian Golden Bears. <laughs> Um, traveling over to Elyria Catholic, who's eight and two. Elyria Catholic. Elyria Catholic. Thank you. Hey, you're good. Um, yeah, uh, I think. Uh, I mean, given, this could be a pretty good. I think yeah, this could be a this, good contest. Elyria yeah, Catholic could, plays a tough, a pretty tough schedule. Uh, yeah, they, they play uh, in a good conference. They beat a Holy Name, who I, who I believe is the number one. <sighs> I think in the top two, in the top two or top three in their region. 
Um, uh, also, okay, Phil, am I looking at this correctly? Do they play Holy Name twice here? Am I looking at that correctly? Am I looking at that right? Yeah, one's probably a league game and one probably isn't. How's that even possible? I don't know, that's weird. Interesting. Did they lose against, is this Sandusky Perkins? It sure is. They have a loss against 9-1 Sandusky Perkins, Perkins in overtime. You know, They're I, playing the same, is it the same holy name? I'm going to be honest with you, yeah. I, 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 their their schedule is, is not impressive to me. In North Olmstead, they beat, that's 7-3. and three. And holy name is the only other team on their schedule that they've played that's over that has more than five wins. I mean, Westlake has five, Elyria has five, Perkins has nine and one, but they lost that game. So, <laughs> if the right Bryant team shows up here, uh, Bryant can really, really make this a football game. Really, I, I, I believe that. I truly believe that. Here's a game for you that we have. We both we have very good knowledge with. Number six seed, nine and one, Van Wert Cougars, Cougar Nation, run out, hosting number eleven, the Wauseon Indians, six and four, mm, coming off a loss. Wauseon coming off a loss, yes. Are they coming off a, off a loss? Yep, twenty-one to seven against Brian. Oh yeah, you're right. My bad. Um. Yeah, yeah it's Van Wert's just too good, man. Yeah, they're Van just Wert, too big, too physical. Washington's not going to be able to run the ball. And their offensive scheme is—they're just, just not going to be able to run the ball against Van Wert. And if you're if you're one-dimensional, Van Wert's just hard to beat. Agreed. Yeah, so I mean, we'll see how that goes. But if Washington, it could be an interesting game if Washington can do if if Washington can do what they need to do. So, oh yeah, uh, we got history in the making right now. Uh, we got the Patriots game going, and Bailey Zappi. Has came into the game and Mac Jones is on the bench. They love Bailey Zappi, dude. Bailey Zappi's a dog. Yeah, he yeah he seems he's he's impressed he's been, me. He's been thriving. Yeah. So all right. And I'm just gonna say this: if Wasion is able, if Wasion is able to hit some big plays down the field mm-hmm. and stretch Van Wert's defense out a little bit and give and give. Uh, Parsons time to throw the ball, mm-hmm. they could probably stick in this game. All right. I agree. I agree. But also, but their go-to guys are shut down. Uh, it's shown that it's going to be it, tough. It's, they will, they'll, they are going to have a very tough time uh, scoring. All right. Last game in this Divi- uh, division four, region 14, number seven, St. Mary's eight and two hosting Buckeye, number 10, Buckeye Valley. And I think, Maybe write a note on that. Yes, I know. I no should, chance. I don't. I think I might have written that. Maybe. Let's see here. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, don't stand a chance. <laughs> Told you. That's what you said. Yeah. yeah I, it, Saint Mary's gonna rule here. Yeah. I that's think. all. That's all I said in my notes. Don't stand a chance. Yeah, I think so, Saint Mary's rules here. Uh, all right. So. Now we're on to the well. Actually, no. We'll get. We'll we'll save that for last. Let's do. Let's do. D, let's do D six region twenty two. Yep. yep. D six region twenty two. Number ten seed six and four. Patrick Henry, uh, traveling over to eight and one Ottawa Hills. Uh, number seven undefeated. Uh, wait, my bad. That's my bad. That's the other team. That's the next team. Um, number seven eight and one. 
uh, Ottawa Hills. Um, I don't think I think Ottawa Hills does not belong there at all. They do not belong there at all. They are not battle tested at all. Patrick Henry with the NWOAL physicality is going to go in, and I think they're going to be Ottawa Hills by a couple scores here. Agreed. So I, per, yeah, I think Patrick. This is going to be PH. If you look at this region, it's not Dude, very Dude, I'm going to tell you right now, good. the D6 Region 22 is tough, but the Division 6 altogether goes through the dog powerhouse of Marion Local. Yes. I thought Marion Local was D7. They are D6 this year. How about that? Touchdown, Jacoby Patriots! Myers. Bailey Zappi goes in and throws a touchdown pass to Jacoby Myers in the first four I think plays. Max, Mac Jones is upset. He's like, well, there goes my career. Yeah, Mac Jones. But is, no, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> Zappi hour no. at at number four corner. Um, but yeah, this year, um, I actually double checked uh, last night uh, for sure that it is Division uh, Six, Region Twenty Four, I 20, believe. D Six, Region Twenty Two. I'm talking about Marion Local. Oh, Marion Local. I thought they were D Seven. Nope, Division Six, Division Six. Region 24, Marion Local, 10-0, and, uh, and the same one as Allen East, Anna, mm-hmm. Parkway, just a couple of those teams. But, yeah, they're D6 this year. Yeah, so. So, every, it, it all runs, <coughs> it all runs through Marion Local on that one. Yeah, it runs through Marion Local. So. <clears throat> yeah, so. And then we got the last game of this division. Uh, number 15, 5-5. Five the Raiders, uh, traveling to another a different Crestview, ten and O, number two Crestview. Um, that's that they're gonna call that back. I'm calling it right now. Um, so, uh, this is gonna be a very interesting game uh, for um, Edgerton here. I mean, Edgerton, Wayne Edgerton, Wayne Trace. Um, because Crest, they're playing Ashland Crestview, so um, not uh, so the la- the other Crestview they played was Van uh, was Convoy Crestview. Yep. Uh, so that I mean Crest, I mean eh, I mean I kind of I'm a little bit impressed by their schedule, but I I truly think that um, Wayne Trace is a is a team that you cannot sleep on here because I truly think that. Um, Wayne Trace might uh, pull, uh, might shock a few people, as Phil wants to dis- disagree with me here. No, Ashley Crestview is going to handle Wayne Trace. I think Wayne Trace is. I think you're right about Wayne Trace, but I think Crestview's really good. Okay. All right. So we go on to Division Seven, Region Twenty Six, uh, Number Eleven, Seventy Three, Edgerton, and, and the people who is responsible for the sixteen team playoffs. Eight and two, number six, Gibsonburg. Gibsonburg. <laughs> now here's the, here's something. Here's why I question about the color scheme here. They're called the Gibsonburg Golden Bears, but their colors are orange, orange and black. black. How's that making it? Who? What? Terrible! Terrible! <laughs> terrible! <laughs> no one can say terrible more than. Well, actually, Coach Muller. That's I, actually that's where I got the terrible thing in the first place. I got it from Coach Muller. So I can, think. I just think Edgerton's gonna rock Gibsonburg. Oh yeah, I hope they do because this there's a reason why we call them the Gibsonburg playoffs now because Gibsonburg is responsible for um this for the playoff expansion because oh we went undefeated, we didn't make playoffs, blah 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 blah. And 
and now look at it. They, ever since ever since the expansion, they haven't won a playoff game. They have yet to win a playoff game. So this isn't their year. No, it's not their year at all. Um, we got we got a rematch. Number seven, Ayersville, uh hosting number ten, six and four, Jefferson. Uh, we got a rematch. I got another rematch game here. Um, the last time these two teams met, um, Ayersville won 41 21 over Jefferson. Um, do you think, Phil, uh, that um, Jefferson might come in with a uh, come in here and might possibly pull up the offset? The upset? No, I think Ayersville's really good at home. I think Ayersville is going to get the job done here. They're, they had a good season. Uh, they're gearing up for playoffs here. I think they're going to be ready to go. They're going to handle their business. All right, all right. And uh, give me give me a second, real quick. I'm going to take a quick sip. Oh, quick sip, quick sip, sip break, water break. High quality H two O right there. And we got no, now we and the last team that we're covering here before we got get to the best uh, division. Uh, number two, Antwerp undefeated, ten and zero GMC champions, hosting number fifteen. Six and four, Harder Northern, and I think you said at the beginning of the show here uh, that Harder Northern may not doesn't have the credit that you believe that they deserve. I think they're a better team than six and four. Yeah. I know Division Seven is is a lot tougher than Division than what maybe think people think just because it's low and it's Division Seven, but I, I think Harder Northern is tougher than what people give them credit for. I think they're going to give Antwerp everything they can handle, but Antwerp comes away with this. Okay. All right. Now we're on to the greatest division. And Ohio, the state of Ohio. Probably the, one of the toughest, that's for tank, sure. Division 5, Region 18. Uh, we're going to go from... The gauntlet. The ga- literally the gauntlet. Uh, we're going to start from worst to best. Uh, we got number 15, 5-5 five five Delta, traveling over to number 2, 9-1 Elmwood. Um, good night, Delta. It, it's been a nice season. Um, you had a good run. Uh, you have my hopes up, but um, your season's over. Congratulations. You made the playoffs, and you're going to get your asses kicked at the end, and I just did that. Oh, well. Yeah, Elmwood is – Elmwood's too good. It's they're, – they're, they're too good. Yeah, I see it up there. Yeah. Don't swat at it. We'll deal with it later. Um, <laughs> we got – this is going to be a fun – this is going to be a fun matchup. You think so? Number eight, eight and two, Archibald. Playing. Number nine, seven and three, Liberty Benton. Now these, now Phil, if you don't remember. Oh, I remember. These two, these two teams have played each other for a good amount of the time. Last several years. Yeah, and they got dropped to Genoa. At, well, uh, Liberty Benton, or my bad, Archibald dropped Liberty Benton and got and picked up Genoa in their off league. So these two teams, uh, they they know each other pretty darn well. So th- I guess. Um, I guess it was it, it was meant to happen. So um. yeah, you know, this game really is interesting to me. I don't, I don't know if Liberty Benton has the talent to stick with Archibald, but the thing about Archibald is, I think they just overlooked a Patrick Henry team, got slapped in the mouth, and I think they're going to come out firing. Uh, but you know, Liberty Benton might be doing the same thing. You know, Liberty Benton just got slapped by McComb. Uh, and might be out to try to prove some people that they deserve to be in this bracket in this playoff. You know, it, a very intriguing eight nine matchup in my opinion, especially if uh, Archibald's not able to run the ball. Mm-hmm. We've seen it when their when their running game has been neutralized. They have been very ineffective when it comes to scoring the ball. 
Um, and also, whoever wins this game plays the winner of the Liberty Center's game. Indeed, sir. So, um, oh shit. Dang. All, yeah, the Patriots. Of, I told you, man. It's all, all about of, momentum. Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi comes in, and now Hocus Pocus, the Patriots are actually playing good. Come on, say it with me. Let's go, Pats! Let's go, Pats! And someone's down. It happens. Let's go, Browns! Let's go, Browns! <laughs> okay, um, so just saying, though, if Liberty Benton does beat Archibald, I believe this would be the first time... Uh, probably since, what, Nick Demeline's senior year that Liberty Center and Liberty Benton play each other in the playoffs? I. It's been a very long yeah, time. Yeah, it's been a, a really, very really long, long time. time. I think the last time they played each other it was uh, back when Liberty won, uh, went on to the state championship in 97, I believe, at the stadium that they played again. No, played we played at. at Liberty Benton. We played Patrick Henry at Liberty Benton. Or at Finley, no. Was it fin- I, think I don't it was remember. Fin- I, think I don't think Finley. we played Liberty Benton. No. We played fin- at Finley. We played Patrick Henry. The lights actually went out at halftime. I remember that. 97. Okay. We were down. I mean, we no, I mean like, uh, I mean like um, in 2000, when, uh, when Nick Demline was a senior, oh, I remember I, the I stadium remember that they played Liberty The stadium that they played at, it was historical for Liber- in Liberty history. It might have been But Liberty they played Benton. at they the state. That was the stadium. Not. But I didn't know they played Liberty Benton that year. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't remember. Also, uh, so that's going to be a very interesting matchup that I that we're all going to be keeping our eyes on on that one. Um, okay, so we got the number four seed, the Coldwater Cavaliers, nine and one, hosting number thirteen North Union, who's seven and three. Um, this is going to be a very interesting matchup, given that I mean, Coldwater might they they might be in shambles. We don't know. We really don't know. It, it was on full display last week. Because um, uh, their quarterback's done for the season. Well, he's not done for the season. He's going to be back within four in He four would have weeks. to be back at the state semifinals. And it, how's his mobility going to be with just recovering from a broken leg? I, yeah. Th- you know, I, I mentioned it earlier. I think this is a very, very interesting story. Coldwater moving forward, uh, you know, playing the winner of the Huron-Milan-Edison matchup, I believe. I just think this has a. This is just catching my eye a lot. I just think with Coldwater, that's North Union schedule of theirs. We all we all know Coldwater's. I just I just feel like I just feel like it, you know losing to Urbana, North Union losing to Urbana their last game. Urbana's a pretty solid team. I I just think with Coldwater with what they're dealing with right now, having to put their main wide receiver at quarterback. We obviously saw that. That made a huge difference, scoring zero points. The first time they've been held scoreless all season. Mm-hmm. Granted, it was against Marion Local, but you have to think with their 100% healthy, they probably score some points. Uh, just really unable to get anything going whatsoever. This is a really interesting story. They might have enough to get past North Union, but as far going after that, I just, I'm not sure. Gotcha. And Bailey Zappi is throwing dimes. Yeah, Devontae Parker's underrated. I, I freaking love Devontae Parker. He's awesome. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that dime. I love it that we get sidetracked here. Look at that. Well, you know, you got to put it up there, though. You get one-on-one coverage. Throw it to him. Absolutely. And now we're on to the greatest team to ever exist in this division. Number one, NWAL champions, Liberty Center, hosting number 16, seed 5-5, five five, Port Clinton. Um, 
So like we said right at the beginning of the show, we uh, Phil and I did our homework on this one, and um, Phil, I'm gonna let you start. I'm gonna let you start this one on, on the scouting report we got here that we that we wrote down for yeah, ourselves. Yeah, so I actually watched a couple of different games. I watched them against Huron. Yeah, Same here. Huron also a, a, a playoff team. I believe the five seed in our in our region. Um, you know, Port Clinton has not uh, doesn't do anything that we really haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have some size we haven't seen yet. Uh, they got a couple guys who run around three hundred pounds, about six six four, three hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a big tight end who's about six four, two thirty. Uh, that moves back. pretty well, and, and their running back, back is like pretty solid. Um, but you know, I just. You know, they haven't done anything we haven't seen. Uh, they don't run it to the left a lot. They trust their right side. So I just feel like if we can make them one-dimensional, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, they, they run a lot of the swing routes. I, I just feel like it's a combination of Patrick Henry and Archibald kind of offense mixed together. Uh, and we were able to neutral, yeah, um, neutralize the, those the pretty Archibald, well. The, so. the Archibald aspect of it is uh, their, shotgun, their motion and their shotgun, run out of the shotgun formations. And the Patrick Henry part uh, comes in. With the weak, with a weak depth, very weak depth, because I have it written down here, um, putting in depth wise, uh, depth wise to uh, slash rotation, uh, to weak, to great, and it's a and I gave it a weak grade, not because I'm being biased, it's just because after I watched their Huron game, and there you don't see. Players rotating in and out. You don't see players rotating in and out. So they're, they're so they got their guys. So they got their key guys playing. So obviously they're playing both ways. Obviously it's high school football. But just saying though, if one of their key guys falls down, what's the chance? What are the chances that uh, they're going to fold, and the the house of cards are going to go caving in on them? Well, and I think you mentioned it earlier about you know, Liberty Center's fresh. You know they've been able to rest some guys in the last five games of the season with their scoring output and and being able to get that running clock and being able to rest guys in the fourth quarter. Uh, Liberty Center, you know, healthy right now and ready to go and like you said, rested and I think that makes all the difference. You know, Port Clinton was battling trying to get into a playoff spot, so they you know they might be hurting and battered and bruised a little bit while this Liberty Center. Uh, you know, kind of had an easy route there in the third and fourth quarter of last mm-hmm. week's football game. So I think that plays a tremendous factor. I've talked about it all season long. I think Casey and Nick Miller do a great job of mixing up guys in our defensive line. We've rotated Aiden Hammontree in. We've and rotated offensively. and offensively, we rotated Aiden Hammontree in on defense. We've rotated uh, rotated uh, Colton Cruz in on the defensive line. T. Uh, Lay in there at linebacker. Uh, Xander Zider, Jacob Keen, that all have played very, very, very valuable minutes over the last five games. Uh, and, you know, when you're adding <clears throat> these different dimensions, uh, it changes the way you have to block guys, Isaiah. And you know this. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, when you're a bigger guy, you get to get a little bit more of a power rush. Uh, but when you look at Aiden, you know, Aiden's just able to disrupt so many things because of his size yeah. and his ability to disrupt timing and patterns of passes with his height. Yeah. So just able to mix up so many different guys, uh, giving the offensive line so many different looks. I, you you got to give credit where credit's due, and I think I think Matt Bryan's done a fantastic job calling the defense all year yeah, as well. Absolutely. Um, the, here's the stuff I've written down for. Obviously, you already mentioned about the offense already. Um, the one thing I noticed mainly, you uh, the two things that you already mentioned that they're going to rely going on their big guys. They got uh, specific packages that they got. 
uh, they're going to put the two big guys on one side of the ball on one side of the of the line, and it's, it's basically predictable. It's very predictable, and they send their their tight end in motion offset right behind them, and they're going to run off tight end, or they're going to or they're going to run straight behind them, and and uh, and basically have a huge escort down the middle. But the thing is, though, um, the one problem is uh, their other side of the line is weak. Uh, so running back is big. He's physical. He, he is big. He is big, and um, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to really hit him. But the thing is, though, if we hit him in the hips and do it like three to four times, given today's uh, today's era of football, um, guys like guys built like him do not like getting hit there. And once they get hit there, they're gonna fold and they're gonna like I don't want I don't want the ball anymore. Don't give me the ball. And um, another thing that we um, we didn't we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, their quarterback, he can run, but it's obvious by body language he doesn't want to be hit. No, and he's, he does not. It's a last ditch resort if he wants he, to run the football. If he gets hit, I'm just saying. <clears throat> so he, any of the read option, I think it's just key on the running back here. I mean, mm-hmm. if he gets in one on one field, we let him have it, but and then adjust from there. Yeah. But the one the one thing is though, <clears throat> if if Bockelman or Box come free and gets a good looking on it, oh, that that man's going. He's it's going to rattle his cage, and like we, it's going to do what it, the the domino effect. Literally, we've seen it from week one to now. Uh, if Boxer Bachelman get a clean hit on that quarterback, uh, it's going to rattle their cage. They're going to be scared. They they're going to be afraid that their line's not going to hold up, and it's going to it's just going to go south there because they're going to be ditching the ball at last, uh, as quick as possible because they don't want to get hit. Um, Another thing, uh, defensively for uh, Port Clinton, I noticed that their their main their go to is a four three base, uh, but also uh, likes to mix in a four four split uh, style defense uh, in the four and their when they line up in a and have a very unique three three package uh, in the front in the front um, they'll uh, have and the, the I believe it's sixty six uh, one of the big guys on the uh, who's the guard I believe. Um, he the guy's so big, he has to point on where he's going uh, when he gets in a stance. So it, so you know where he's going. So and also kind of uh, in recent history, every team that we've gone against has run a four four split. It has not very benefited the no. uh, the defense. It, it just it, we just it just carves them up. But um, like I said though, if they got the bit that big guy um playing. Um, knows, and if we hit him, and knowing our guys, they're going to hit him in the hips, and he's going to he's going to fold. And he's, well, you hit him on those quick traps. You're you know you're running right by him anyway. Yeah. So. Um, but also in that three in that that three three I I mentioned, um, they'll set, they'll bring a linebacker, they'll blitz the linebacker one linebacker, and have two sitting coverage. So right before right before the ball snap, the guy the linebacker will come on up, uh, in between the in the between the the either left or right side of the guard and the center uh, at last second, so um, kind of a like kind of a uh, at last second uh, blitz. Um, another thing I have written down here: if we cannot contain the running back slash fullback, wherever you want to label it in their offense, um, if he's not contained, he will cause problems because he is built like a tank. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. So, but also we got Bachelman. We got the we got the tank busters and Bachelman and Box. So we'll see. Um, uh, we'll see how that goes. 
Um, another thing I uh, I have a few things other written down here. Um, another thing I realized I was really consistent that their front seven does not rally to the ball. They pursue they don't they don't pursue the ball. They are, they relied on their secondary. Uh, well, the D line, the D linemen, and some of the linebackers, they rely on the DBs to to make the tackles, and they and they just stand there and watch. So that could play into our benefit if we if our guys can break ta- our receivers, uh, or uh, even just break the line of scrimmage because yeah. their linemen are not running downfield to make tackles. Yeah, so th- so um, they don't really rally to the ball really, um, and also another thing that is going that could play that will, could be a huge factor um they they don't tackle low they don't wrap it up in the hip they don't wrap up like a tradition like you should always uh they tackle high they're always up in the shoulders which is uh if you're going against matt Orr, no, not gonna happen <laughs> it's not gonna happen if same thing with colton cruz same thing with cruz yes because you've seen you've seen Cruz. we, we all well everyone from liberty center has seen what cruz can do against guys who are double his size and he um he uh he just sh- he just shrugs you off. You're like a bug, and yep. he, he just keeps trucking on there. Um, like I already said, or like Phil said that um, Fort Clinton style is a is a not, didn't mean to say glorified. Um, is a is a is a mix of Patrick Henry and Archibald style uh, playing football. So there's that. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, their two-minute offense could possibly cause a problem if if it's not defended. But well, they only do that one if it's two minutes if they even yeah. have the ball. So, but here's the thing though. I'm just saying though, if they <clears throat> if they get the ball before halftime and they know if they realize like, wait, we got something here, then that could cause a problem. But but hey, that's why we're not coaching and they are. So um, and uh, I got two other things written down here. Uh, the the DBs can be burnt. Um, the team uh, when they went against Huron, um, they uh, their DBs were uh, sniff were more focused in the backfield because Huron was establishing a, a solid run game and kept on going back to it and uh, Huron caught them na- napping multiple times that cost them I, I want to say at least 17 points um, because they got caught napping. Uh, because they're because the DBs were just poking their nose somewhere where they weren't supposed to, um, and the ultimate side stat, um, fans will yell at their own coach because reasons. <laughs> so they're gonna get mad that we're beating them. Oh yeah, and so and from I saw they have a good they have a solid following, so they might bring a crowd with them. We'll <clears> see <throat> how that goes. Um, so yeah, Phil, do you got anything to, anything else to tack on for the Port Clinton for uh, on uh, our Port Clinton uh, scouting report that we came up with? Nope. If I got anything else, I'll fill you in on Thursday because I'll probably watch a little bit more this week. All right, all right. Um, any, we got anything else to talk about here? Uh, no, doing? it's been uh, an audibleish type of day, or yes. type of night. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. Got it rolling. Got it working. So everything should be good. Yeah. So. Um, with that being said, um, to the people that are still listening and managed to get to the end here, shockingly, um, if you wanted to participate in our bra- in our brackets that I posted on the in- on, uh, on my secondary Instagram page, feel free to screenshot those. Obviously, you can't see the regional title part, but um, obviously, you know it's going to be there. 
Um, just fill, go ahead and fill out whatever. I don't care which bracket you want. If you want to do D1, do D1. I don't care. And if you and if you whoever has the most correct picks, well, guess what? I guess you get a burger or something out we'll of take, it. We'll take you out to eat. Yeah, we'll get. Yeah, we'll take you out to eat. Don't forget to do Markham's pick and pulls on Friday, y'all. Yes, don't forget to do that either. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh wait, I thought it was Markle's pickles polls. Markle's pickle 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 polls. Pickle pickle polls. So with that being said, I'm your host Isaiah Markle. And I'm Phil Snow, the snowman, the stats guy, because stats are cool. This is Endzone Militia.